LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, one of our number one questions, num- one of our number one topics, really, that we yep. get when we go to any training, when we do our discipleship blueprints, we have a ton of leaders with this specific question. We want to answer today, how do you get your lead pastor, your senior pastor, your leadership on board to make disciples? Mm. Perhaps you serve as a discipleship pastor, a minister of education, men's, women's leader, whatever your role is, student pastor, kids pastor. You serve in some capacity, and for whatever reason, your pastor, your senior leader doesn't want to go down this road. Yeah. What do you do? Mm. And we want to give you some answers for that today. Before we jump into those answers, I do want to say, though, a lot of the challenge with this sometimes is a mentality that you may have. I had this mentality before. I remember serving on the staff and thinking, if I don't have permission specifically for something, I can't do it. Yeah. And there are many things that we don't necessarily need permission for. We think we need permission for it, but we don't need permission. You don't need permission to live the Christian life. Right. Jesus has given you all the permission you need. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you can step in and do things uh, outside the authority of your leadership. That would, that would also be unbiblical. But just because your leader says we're, doesn't say we're going to dive into discipleship wholeheartedly doesn't mean you can't be making disciples. Right. Doesn't mean you personally shouldn't be. Yeah. So we're going to look at some solutions. We've got a great uh, story illustration, a great church that really kind of helps us look at this problem, which uh, did training last week in Mississippi. Mm. After the training, I did a Q&A, and, uh, and after the training, had three guys come up to me. And they were on staff at a church, and, and they said, Chris, we couldn't really ask a question in Q&A because everyone would know what, what the problem is and who we're talking about. But our pastor, will, he's never going to get on board with this. Right. We want to do it. We want to implement it in all areas of the church, but we can't do it. Yeah. What do we do? And so in that moment, you always feel a little uh, challenged because you're like, I can't call the pastor and tell him what he needs to do. <laughs> you, know, you can't <laughs> force the pastor to say you should be making disciples effectively in your church. Yeah. Um, that That's for sure one of the challenges. However, what I did say to those guys, what I would say again here, you start making disciples personally, mm. make disciples in your ministry as much as you're, you've been given authority to do so. You know, we have heard of churches where a pastor has actually said, don't do this anymore. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> we'll Golly. I don't get yeah. ahead of ourselves. Don't get ahead of um, ourselves. All right, let me say this. I think the 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 news about churches being plateaued or declining yes. is not necessarily in my mind a bad thing because I actually think that could be a good thing. Hmm. Pa- how can that be a good okay, thing? Okay, how can that be a good thing? <laughs> because because here's the reality. What got us to where we are today is not gonna lead us to where we want to go tomorrow. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, kind of a business adage. Okay, so what I mean is the same, uh, uh, not to be uh, funny or cute, but the same horse and pony show Mm -hmm. that got us here 20, 30 years ago, which was uh, preach a good sermon, right? Open the church doors, invite your lost friends, and they'll come. Maybe have good worship. 
Maybe have good worship. Here's what you got to understand. What's happening in Britain right now, okay? Mm-hmm. 70% of British people will have said recently, I will never walk through a church door for any reason. You can invite me to the cows come home. Not going to do it, okay? Wow. Now, we think, oh, that's crazy. But it's coming to America, and I'll prove it to you. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast and you're a Christian, okay, follower of Christ, would you ever think of going to the mosque down the street for anything? Even if they say we have the best children's parenting program on the planet. <laughs> Chris, are you and Melissa ever going to that? Uh, that's going to be a, a hard pass. Okay, it's going to be a hard pass. Okay. <laughs> uh, what if they come back and say, we've got the best marriage counseling in the world. Come here, or the imam. He's going to teach you how to do it at the mosque. Are you ever going to the mosque? Uh, that's a negative. For any reason. Never. You're never going to the mosque. Okay? So what I mean is, we can keep repackaging the same thing. You can change the packaging. You can update the packaging. People aren't buying your product. Okay, And so what I'm saying is the same old horse and pony, same old bag of tricks that got us here is not going to get us there. What do I mean? Pastors are realizing that just opening the church doors, inviting Mm -hmm. lost people, they're not going to come to your church. So what I mean is we've got to have a strategy of both inviting and investing. What do I mean? Lost people, if they're not going to come to us, doesn't it make sense for us to empower our people to go to them? It makes sense to me. Makes sense to you. Okay. So discipleship, I think, is going to be the answer to the non-evangelism we yeah. see today in the church world. The the lack of people coming right. to us. And it's not a bad thing because here's what I think happens. When pastors realize their church is plateaued or declining, mm-hmm. 85% of churches just in the Southern Baptist Convention, sure. 80% of churches worldwide. Yeah. 80%, Chris, are plateaued or declining. Wow. Okay. And here's what that plateaued or declining mindset says come and stay. Hmm. That's what pastors say. Don't go. It's yeah. going to get better. Just stay. I, Please listen, stay I around. promise it's going to, we got a right. new study on the horizon. We got a new idea on the horizon. And right. it's just adding to and repackaging an existing church culture. Yeah. Okay. And what we're at, we're saying at Replicate is we want you to change the paradigm. Mm. Okay. We want you to onboard a new operating system yeah. to your hard drive, if right. you use a technical uh, kind of a computer right. terminology. The problem with the hard drive is that you keep the hard drive. Yeah. You keep the mainframe. You know, the, the, the gospel message doesn't change. Right. Okay. The message of Christ dying on the cross, rising from the dead, saving whoever comes to him. That's the message we keep. But the method mm. has to be tweaked. Okay. Right. And so what I'm saying is when pastors realize, man, I've got to do something differently. Right. Okay. That's when real change can happen. And so here's the first thing that has to happen. If you're a senior pastor or leader in your church, this is first thing you have to do. I asked Bill Hall this question. Okay. What has to happen in order for discipleship to take place in churches today? Yes. Do you remember what Bill Hall said, Dylan? No. No. I do. You do. Bill said what? Repent. The pastor (laughs) has to first, with all due respect, repent. Yeah. Repent for not making disciples. That's right. Okay? Himself. This is not a church. Listen, your you as a Christian supersedes you as a pastor. Right. Like, like you're a Christian man first. You're a Christian right. woman. And every Christian is called to make disciples, whether you're a vocational, bivocational, or non-vocational right. pastor. Jesus is going to ask you and I when we stand before him, how well did you make my final words your first work? Mm. 
make disciples. Okay, so so pastors, you need to, in a sense, say, man, I did not make disciples. I made right. converts. I made decisions. I made Christians. Didn't make disciples. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to be willing to humble yourself right. and say, hey, I need to learn. Yeah, Learners are leaders. The day you stop learning, you're not leading, right? Because you're always- we have that mindset of, I know what to do. The people just won't follow me in doing it. Yeah. When the reality is it might be what I'm doing isn't working. Maybe I don't have it. That's a question we all ask ourselves around here all the time. <laughs> That's right. Re- is this really working? Is this really the way it should be? Do we see fruit of this? Are we seeing success on the other side of this based on what Christ is? deems a success, not some Excel spreadsheet deems a success. Come right? on now, yeah. And that's what we do here. What we do here at Long Hollow, and we've done this every year, been here, we did this at Brainerd. We do this with Replicate. Every year, we audit the process, mm-hmm. okay? Every year, we audit our process. And what I mean is this. You don't audit the end goal. The end goal at Long Hollow, and it should be for every church, is to produce a disciple who makes disciples. That's the goal. Right. That's our goal. How do we create a maturing, replicating follower of Christ who's Mm -hmm. making disciples who make disciples? Okay, that's the end goal. We back up the process and we look at what are we doing to promote that or what are we doing internally to impede that? Okay, we're trying to figure out, is this promoting disciples who make disciples or is this hindering disciples who make disciples? And you have to do that every year. Sure. So we do that. And is that a hard process to do? Absolutely. Right. Because the operating system needs to be tweaked. It's the same reason your Apple computer has an update every couple months or every couple. If you still had your computer from five years ago right. and you never <laughs> operate, uh, updated the operating system, right. the computer wouldn't run. And it certainly won't, won't, wouldn't be efficient. Yeah, it wouldn't be efficient. But you've had that computer that spins the little beach ball forever. Oh, my trying gosh. Trying to get stuff. To- <laughs> yeah, that beach ball. And well, you know and, you got a problem. Yeah. And so you're saying a great place to be as a launching point, as a starting point for effective, healthy church might be if you're caught up right now in a plateaued or declining church. Yeah. And and I would even argue maybe your church is seeing some growth, some addition, because that's really the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a resident. You talked about a certain percentage, 80, 85%. Really, the, the majority of the rest of those are just addition churches. Yeah. They're not declining or plateauing, but they're growing at a very small rate, 10%, 5%, 3%, 2%. And that's because of addition. So after this brief that's break- That's an addition model, which we really need to talk about. We do need to talk about it. After this break, we'll break down that model, and we will tell you effectively how we have seen churches lead from the ground up to the leader to effectively make disciples. We will be right back. Have you been looking for a way to train your church to make disciples? Our team here at Replicate, Robbie Gallaty, Candy Gallaty, Tim LaFleur, Gus Hernandez, and myself, Chris Swain, have put together a digital discipleship blueprint. We've taken our live event that thousands have attended, thousands have been impacted by, and we put it together so that you can get it and watch from the comfort of your own church and show this to your people and use it as a training tool. You will learn how to plan, formulate, and develop a disciple-making culture in your church and its ministries. You can check it out at replicate.org slash buy blueprint, B-U-Y blueprint, replicate.org slash buy blueprint. If you'd like to check out the digital discipleship blueprint. And we're back. We have an amazing, uh, I, I believe, amazing piece of insight from a church. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and just talk about this case study, if you will, as we continue to work through this and then the multiplication of 
minded church. I would say this church was a good addition church. A great church, yeah. Okay, and and here's what we're saying. There's a difference between an addition church and a multiplying, reproducing right. church, okay? And and that's an, that's different than a subtracting or declining church, which we talked about earlier. Right. The declining, subtracting church, plateau declining, says, come and stay. Yes. Don't go anywhere else. It's going to get better. The addition church says, come and see. Yeah, come and watch what we're doing. Come see what we're doing, right? <laughs> Our ministers will take care of everything. Right, it's the uh, contract model. That's right. You come to us and you hire us to do the work for you. Exactly. We're going to give you the best children's program. And you want to attend we're one gonna of these churches? Do, yeah, we're going to entertain your kids better than any place right. in town. We're going to give you the best message. You know, so right. I'm not saying those things are bad in and of themselves. But an addition church is a slow growing process where you grow by adding programs, you grow by adding outreach events, certain example the replication multiplication church grows by saying don't come and see or come and stay Mm -hmm. it's come get a quip to go and serve and what percentage of churches are those uh four percent of churches are multiplying churches uh only one uh, four percent of churching are reproducing churches only um one one tenth of one percent are less than one percent yeah multiplying churches so you got about four percent of churches in this model right and in this model you're saying you come here so that we can equip you to go and do what god's called you to do the book of ephesians it almost equip the saints it almost sounds like that's what we should have been doing all along right Uh, yeah there you go okay (laughs) so let's let's use this mindset and let's let's give a case study from a church we know of personally a church in georgia uh, Warren, Baptist Warren Baptist Church. Church great church. Uh, a little shout out to Lance Stuckey, discipleship pastor. Yep. yep. Um, and he is the guy who, who kind of shared the story. It was such an awesome story. And, and I will say, one of the greatest things to go and do training or connect with others in training is to hear what God is doing in discipleship in those churches. Just did some training a couple weeks ago and had a church down in Mississippi who literally, their testimonies at their church, their discipleship groups are about to outgrow their church mm. and they don't know what to do next. And I'm thinking, why aren't you guys doing this training? You know, <laughs> you know what you're doing in this area, but they're just seeing incredible things. And, and the, and the uh, discipleship pastor there, Matt, uh, this is Michael Memorial Baptist Church. He said, ultimately, every group he's led, someone in the group or someone he started to lead, he's led them to Christ. He said they didn't even know they weren't, you know, when they came in the group, obviously thought they were a believer come to find out they weren't pursuing Christ. And, and so he's been able to see evangelism happen in the midst of it. Amazing. Great testimony Amazing. of churches there. But this church, Warren Baptist Church in Augusta area. Tell them the story. Um, so, so they call up, they want us to do some discipleship training and just go in and, and Gus and I head down there to do training. And we, and we kind of asked the story. It's a multi-site church, mega church, uh, a lot of people, a lot of, of locations. They got, they've got a few locations, I believe. And, and they want us to come in. Meaning, let me, let me just clarify. Right. Meaning they have a process that from, the, from all outward appearances is working. Right. A growing church, addition church, things are growing. Sure. So they didn't need this discipleship model if they wanted to continue on the path they were on. Right. Addition. Or at least they thought they did. They thought they did. All right. Right. So I'm thinking, how did the pastor hear about replicate? You know, what's the story here? And the story is incredible. One of the, the people who attend the church had at one point attended a church where you were the pastor at, Brainerd Baptist Church. No. And, and no, knew you're his model. You already messed the story. I'm already messing the story. <laughs> close, no, that's close. That's close. That's close. No. One of the people in their church received a copy. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right, received that's right. a copy of growing up. That's correct. From a couple that's right. at Brainerd Baptist, uh, Chad and Kelly, who right. Chad was in my group. 
Kelly was in Candy's group. And right. so at Brainerd Baptist in Chattanooga, they get radically changed by discipleship, call their friends That's from right. their previous church and said, listen, this model is radically changing our church. Right. I think it would be helpful in your church. So they so they started disciples. Okay, and I tell the right, story right. from here. Yeah. So so this couple started making disciples, and it got so big that they went to the church and said, "Hey, can we have some rooms? Can we have some space here?" They were outgrowing. We're, we're out, our multiplication is outgrowing our house and our neighborhoods and yeah. things like that. We want to we want to come to the church, and the church was like, "Why do you need space? You For know what? what's this all about?" So they began to investigate and realize, man, this looks like a great model. And these people already bought in. So then the leadership, and this is the key here, the leadership saw the effectiveness and really the impact, spiritual impact in the lives of the people and thought, why wouldn't we be doing this? Mm. So they began to implement as a church and if eventually, and, and I, I'm not sure where they're at specifically right now, but when we trained at the point of the training, we had hundreds there mm-hmm. attending to learn how to implement discipleship and become disciple makers. And the pastors there, I mean, they were all bought in and sold out to it. So from the ground up, literally from the lay people up to the, the lead pastor became bought in because they saw the effects of it, Yeah, be- because they saw the importance of it. So you as a staff, you're thinking, okay, so what does that got to do with me? It's exactly what pastor said at the beginning of this podcast. You begin to make disciples. Mm. Step one, yeah. you personally make disciples. One thing that cannot be challenged are the stories that you hear from the people who go through these discipleship groups. Yeah. And you're going to begin to hear them because yeah. people haven't been discipled. People have not grown spiritually at this in this way in most churches. And when you begin to hear those stories, that changes the hearts and minds, I believe, of, of people who might be leadership, who might be against maybe implementing the, this yeah, process uh, on the front. Yeah, the greatest apologetic you have for discipleship working are the lives of people changed after being in a discipling relationship. They become, quote unquote, the witnesses for discipleship working in their life. Because what happens is you can't argue with a changed life. That's right. You can (laughs) debate me theology all day long. You can debate me the tenets of soteriology. You can debate me just, you can debate all those things. But when you see Chris Swain which we knew him before, and man, we see him now. Something happened to Chris, and that becomes the greatest apologetic, I right. think, for discipleship. Now, here's what's going to happen. Some of you are going to run into this, unfortunately. Guy on our team ran into this at his previous church. Right. He was making disciples. He was investing in college students. People right. were coming to faith in Christ. The college ministry was was exploding. He basically was trying to share with his leadership. Mm. Okay, so he was on a on the on the pastoral team. He would go in and share with the leadership about all these things that were going on in the area of discipleship. Right. Do you remember what his leader told him? Not specifically. His leader said, "Don't ever <laughs> use that word again." <laughs> so he told him, "You not you can't make this up." He said, don't ever use that word again. It's hard to believe. I don't want you making disciples. I want you reaching people and people making decisions for Christ. And he said, no, you know what I'm saying? When we disciple people, the natural outflow is they will be held accountable to reach their lost friends and and family. I'm not the only one doing the ministry here. I'm investing in them. He said, I don't care. I don't want to hear that word again. And he said to him, so wait a minute. (laughs) You don't want me doing what Jesus commanded us to do, to make disciples. And he said, exactly. That was about six months before he got out of there, and now he's on staff with us. But here's the reality, okay? I'll tell you a funny story of how this ends. There's some people in here that are listening, and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're a part of our, our podcast, you're in our network, and you're saying, I got a pastor like that. 
He yeah. does not want me to make disciples. He said, don't talk about it. Don't do it. Sally, we've heard this before. And my encouragement to you is, and I'm never for one, leaving a context, leaving a church. I'm all about investing your life and staying there and right. investing in people. But the reality is this. If you have a pastor leader who you are accountable to, that is hindering you from personally carrying out the Great Commission, you may need to ask God for a new assignment. Maybe time to move on. Yeah. When you can't do what Jesus has called everybody. I mean, let's be honest. It happens now. It's so crazy. (laughs) Now, I'll tell you a funny story about how this ended. This guy who told our staff member, don't ever use the word again, don't want to hear disciples. Right. This guy has since moved on from that position. He's taken another position, and we just got word a couple months ago, you ready for this? He is now leading a D group and it's changed his life. <laughs> I'm awesome. telling you, you can't make that this up. Great news, you That's can't make the this great up. News. And here's the thing, Chris, here's the thing. <laughs> right. What did it? He tried it. Yeah. There's so many people who have all these ideas about why discipleship won't work who's yeah. never tried it. That's right. So here's our challenge as we close the program. And here's my challenge to you. Listen to me. If you're not presently investing in a group of people Mm. and you're not personally discipling people, Mm. I want to challenge you the best thing you can. And don't, and don't make it a big deal. Don't, don't publicize it right away. Right. Pray to the Lord. Here's a model of Jesus. Jesus prayed all night Mm -hmm. before he chose his disciples. Here's a model, a a novel idea. Pray for a season of time. God send people in my life who I can invest in and then approach them and ask them. I'm telling you, Chris, for years I would start praying and, September and October and November for people to disciple. And it was uncanny. They would come up to me, people at church. Hey, uh, I don't know if you have an opening right now, but man, God's really put in my heart to be in a D group. If you ever have a spot, I'd love to be in. I'm all in. You'd almost think God was in this thing. You know what I mean? Like you'd almost think God moves the hearts of people still. So I would say pray about it. Ask a few people, three to five, maybe six at the most, that you're going to journey for the next 12 to 18 months. Mm. And listen, report back to us, because I can't wait to hear this. And you tell us what God's done, not only in their life, because their life's going to be changed, but you report back and tell us what God's done in your life. Oh, man. That's that's very good. Great, practical. Hopefully that will help you out. Let us remind you that we are members of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. And this week, we want to highlight our friends at 5LQ, 5 Leadership Questions Podcast. Yes. Have you listened to the podcast lately? They've had some of the best uh, speakers, uh, leaders, writers, authors, Jackie Hill Perry, Carrie Newoff. They recently Lominick. had a new author on. They recently had a new author on. Yes. By the name of? Candy Gallaty. Candy Gallaty. That's right. <laughs> Disciple She her. came back and said, I love those guys. Those guys are great. Guys. It's it's hard not to like those guys. Uh, Daniel M. And then I'm a little skeptical about Todd Atkins, but he's a, he's a good guy, too. Uh, he is from Kentucky, right? So it's... Uh, yeah. It's one of those things. So anyway, five <laughs> leadership questions. Check out the podcast if you haven't. Great leadership insight. Uh, something you should be listening to on a consistent, regular basis if you want to grow as a leader. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.